Welcome to the Mr. Nathan Powell Podcast. Today we have our special guest, Tashanta, who is the president of Big Sisters Club. Welcome, Tashanta, to our show. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's always How a pleasure. I am great. And I'm very excited actually today to be talking about networking, which is something I actually feel like I have to work on myself because sometimes I'm a bit antisocial. So I'm definitely looking forward to hearing about what your strategies are for networking. Let's start from the beginning for the people who don't know. Just from your point of view, what is the main purpose of networking? Yeah, so I believe the main purpose of networking is making genuine connections to help grow your network and to grow your business, grow in your career. That's how I see the main purpose. Oftentimes, a lot of that's linked to finding new opportunities, whether it be through a new job, a new promotion, transferring to higher level in your company, maybe a different department. Some people see it as just possible business partnerships, uh, but I see it mainly as, yeah, building those genuine connections with people that you can help and they can help you. And when we talk about connections, are we talking about connections as in links and opportunities? Or are we talking about connections and personalities like aligning ourselves with people? What type of connections are we talking about? I think a mixture of both, honestly. Who you end up working alongside with or who you end up building closer connections with, let's say with your friends, is usually through personality types. But then also sometimes your career advances based on who you connect with best as well. And it can be through those personality types as well. So I think both from a connection in terms of like career opportunities and through personality type, I think they go hand in hand. What about those who have a hard time connecting? How do they break the ice and get warmed up? So in terms of breaking the ice, I would say to start off by knowing as much as you can about the person before you're meeting them, if it's that type of situation. So if you're going to say an actual networking event, if you're attending maybe a panel discussion or maybe a bigger meeting that there is opportunity to network with people, see who's going to be there. See if you can kind of stalk them on LinkedIn. <laughs> As a lot of people do, Instagram, social media, whatever the case is, because I think that helps when you actually go to approach that person and you can speak on something where you have like a similar interest already, you know, a little bit about them. It's kind of awkward talking to strangers at the first time. But if you know a little bit about them, you don't have to say, oh, I stalked you on Instagram or I looked at your socials, but you can just kind of start off with something that you already know they're interested in. I think that helps as well. Any kind of conversation starters. So through that research, that helps because if you know, say maybe you're going to a certain networking event and one of the main speakers is a lead digital marketer and that's something you want to get into. If you know what their interests are, maybe you know what school they studied at, where their home base, what do you call it? Their main city, where Wherever they grew up in, if you guys grew up in the same city, maybe that's something you link back to. You talk about things related to that because, you know, they're interested in that. They don't have to know that you know that <laughs> or that you look that up. But I think that helps to get the conversation started. I think also, at least what I find with me is like kind of mirroring that person. So if they come off very kind of like timid or quiet or calm, match that energy. If they're a lot more talkative, a lot more outspoken, they come up quite confident. Maybe kind of puff up your chest a little bit as well. Not in like an arrogant way, but just to mirror that. Because I think by default, when you're talking with people, at least when I'm talking to people new, it helps the conversation to flow better. Sometimes I talk to people, they're, they're a lot more calm or quieter than I am. And I come off really loud and, and it, it might scare them. So I just think having that balance. I would definitely say starting off with what you can know about them. And I think it depends on the situation. If it's an actual networking event or a panel discussion, just talk about things that are actually going on in that situation. Hey, how did you find this speaker? How did you find 
the last session? How did you find the breakout session? Did you meet anyone interesting? Just talk about things, how you would if you were meeting friends at school or meeting someone at the bar, obviously within (laughs) an appropriate context. But that's kind of how I break that ice is like just keeping it genuine and just talking about things that already interest me. For me in particular, what I do, I sometimes take years studying people before I even talk to them because I like to understand what their style of work is. I like to understand what their talents are, who they work with. I'm very particular about who I approach. And in a way, before you approach someone, you have to really understand the way they think and what their vision is. I've been through a lot of networking events and the cards just pile up and the relationships just die off. I'm the type of person who doesn't like to start something and not finish it. It's kind of like a waste of energy. So I I do wait a good while before approaching people. About LinkedIn, you mentioned LinkedIn before and LinkedIn seems to be very popular. I've heard a lot of good feedback from a lot of professionals who say, hey, I get a lot of offers. I get a lot of leads and a lot of people do spend time beefing up their LinkedIn profiles. So I just want to know how good has LinkedIn been for you? I have to say that in the beginning, at least maybe about a year or two ago, I wasn't the biggest fan of LinkedIn. I just thought it was, oh, just another social media, a more professional version of Facebook. But it's because I wasn't seeing it as the opportunity that it has. And I think LinkedIn is a really great way to connect with a wide range of people without having to actually meet them face to face like you would at a networking event. And I think as much as you can tailor your profile to suit the type of people that you want to um include into your network uh, goes a long way. I'm actually currently revising my LinkedIn profile as well, uh, just so that it's more geared to not just what I'm doing now or even in the past, but kind of where I want to go in my career and in my endeavors so that people that are looking to connect with me, they see, okay, this is where she's going, this is where she's headed. LinkedIn is definitely one of the very many platforms that everyone should be on and using if they're trying to network. Is it more of a powerful tool for people who work a nine to five job or is it more of a powerful tool for entrepreneurs and business owners? That's a good question. I think it depends on who you're targeting. I work nine to five myself and I know the type of people that I'm looking to work with or would get career opportunities are on LinkedIn. So that's going to be one of my main tools to use. But if maybe you're more in the creative fields, maybe you're a photographer or you're a designer, most of your connections could be even through like Instagram, where it's more visual and people can actually see your work and then they want to reach out. For the photographers that I know or graphic designers that I work with, that's how they've gotten opportunities and and job offers through people discovering them on Instagram. So I think it's more important on who you're trying to target and network with before defining, okay, this is the, the best approach. I think LinkedIn all across is helpful, but I think niching down to like a preferred um, social network does go a long way too, depending on who you're trying to reach out to. Besides LinkedIn, are there any other networking tools or platforms that you would suggest or have used? Yeah. So we already touched on it, but Instagram through Big Sisters Club, actually, I've been able to make connections and meet new people just by when they follow me. And I just message them and, and direct message them and say, hey, thanks for following the page. Um, sometimes I'll even leave a voice note. It's a little bit more personal than just copy and pasting a message. I was doing that before and just reaching out saying, hey, like I'd love to get to know you, chat one-on-one at some point. A lot can happen through Instagram. I think also Twitter is kind of resurfacing again, depending on who your target is, but that's another way you can network. One of my more preferred methods outside of like social media networking or networks would be going to different events that there is an actual networking session. So maybe the 
panel discussion is about women in tech, women in leadership. And then there's an actual one-to-one networking session that's set up at the end of the call or end of the meeting. That's a really great way to also network with people one-on-one. Usually there are video calls as well. So it's a little bit more personal than going through some of the social media sites. And I find those events through like Eventbrite, meetup.com. You can even subscribe to one so they come to your inbox and you can just attend based on your availability. But I would say that would be like the main ways that I network, especially now virtually. Okay. And when you go to networking events, do you carry business cards? Are you a fan of those? What do you think? A must or what? Yeah. Again, it really depends on the event. Uh, So I studied at Brock University and I was in the BBA um, co-op program and we were taught to always walk with business cards. I can't recall a time where someone asked me for my business card, especially if I was talking with like other professionals, usually I was taking their business cards. So like I would say, oh yeah, let's exchange, but they didn't really care to take them. So I kind of just disregarded that. I think every, most people now are on social media, they're online. We'll just pull up each other's phones and say, oh, here's my LinkedIn. There's my LinkedIn. And we just follow and connect each other right there. I think that's a, a much faster way. Again, it depends who you're talking with and kind of going back to what you were saying earlier, Nathan, about studying the people before you meet them. If you can study them a little bit more, maybe you see them at certain events before you approach them at another one, then you can see if they have business cards or not. But at least for me, I didn't find that they worked pretty well even though that's how I was initially taught how to network and everything's digital now. So I think we can eventually do away with those. I kind of think of business cards almost like a tie. People wear ties, they look good in ties, but it's not everybody's thing. And I noticed one thing about business cards that makes it difficult is that just because you give someone your business card doesn't mean you can contact them. Usually if you can get someone's social media, it's much easier to contact them and engage them (laughs) after. So speaking of engagement, do you have any advice for networking when it comes to online and in-person networking etiquette? What are the do's and don'ts? Do's and don'ts. I'll start with the in-person, especially because that's where I initially learned about networking. Again, definitely want to study the events you're going to or any space meeting situation you're being. If it's business formal, it's always better just to dress up than to dress down. Kind of like if you're going to interview, dress up a little bit more. And I don't care to be a little bit overdressed depending on the situation. Just putting yourself together nicely is coming with your hair. It doesn't have to be a whole do or anything like that. Making sure you smell fresh, very standard, basic things. But you'll be surprised how many networking events I've actually been to and people were just not you don't want to judge people of course but that's just how that's human nature you know we look at people and we see how they put themselves together is that someone you'd want to work at your company so if they're asking for a job like people judge that way so so definitely dressing the part dressing in the appropriate attire I think doing a rear research a little bit about the event what's going to happen what's going to be there so that you can kind of navigate yourself especially if it's an open kind of forum where there's different sessions happening so you can make sure you're going to the ones that best suit you with the people you're trying to meet. Also walking with a, a notebook. I always walk with a notebook. You never know who you'll meet, but having a notebook and taking a few notes. I don't take notes as I'm speaking to people, but right after I meet with them, maybe I'll go off to a corner and just write a few little notes about them, their name, what we talked about, because that helps when I go to follow up with them later, I have those points. So I think walking with a notebook helps as well. Having an intention. I think that's really helpful when you get there. You're not kind of like, mm, like looking around. And I'm speaking from my own experience. Events, I just showed up because it was a networking event and we were just told we're supposed to network. Going mostly back to like my undergrad days, but just going there and just not having a plan. I'm just there. 
you're kind of like overwhelmed. There's a lot of people, maybe there's a lot of session going on. I think it's really helpful to say, maybe you are job searching. Okay. I want to speak to at least one employer, or I want to be able to make a connection with two employers, three employers. I also think it doesn't have to always be the main speaker that you connect with. It could be other just attendees. From my previous experience, a lot of times when these networking events are orchestrated by the school or some sort of organization, sometimes it can feel quite forced. And I think in those situations, I was just lost. Like I didn't know what to do. I had no idea what I should do. They just say, oh, network and meet employers. And that your best way to get a job is, is to network. But they don't, they didn't actually give us step-by-step strategies on what to do. And I think that's one of the first things. Have an intention, especially if you are getting out of your house to go to this event, have an idea of who you want to meet, what you hope to gain from the event, because sometimes it's an actual event where you're learning something and then there's a networking session after. But I think that's something that's very crucial, probably even one of the most important things if you're going to an event. I've gotten advice about talking to as many people as possible. I think be more strategic. Yes, talk to lots of people, but be strategic because if you only have a certain amount of time jumping around to multiple people and then you don't really remember who you meet, who you talk to, again, kind of going back to that genuine connection. So I feel more, and again, everyone has their own goals, but for me, I feel more successful after an event when I've talked to two or three people that we really had a good connection, really good conversation. Um, and I continue following up with them after then 10, 20 different people that I met and I don't follow up with anybody. What about timelines? I think one thing about networking, when you go out there, you kind of have an expectation that something's going to happen from this event. I've been in different places, different countries where I've kind of seen how people interact in business and some cities, they, they move really fast and other cities, they move very slow. So when you do network, how long has it taken you to get some kind of fruit from it or some kind of benefit from it? Should we expect short term, long term? Like what's a realistic expectation? Yeah, that's a really good question. Again, it really comes down to the research. So like you said, if you know you're going to an event that's a lot more fast paced, maybe you've been to this event before or you've seen examples of a streamline on their website before, you can kind of get a feel for it. If it's very like open, fair, open, you know, maybe there's booths set up and you're kind of walking from booth to booth. That's one where you can kind of talk to a lot of different people. These are people you might meet and then might not talk to again for a couple months down the line. There's people that I still keep in touch with or that I've met at networking events that maybe we talk every couple of months, sometimes maybe even once a year. What are some red flags that we should look for to say, okay, maybe this person is wasting our time or just pulling our leg? Yeah, really good question because I have a lot of experiences where it was many red flags. And again, it's just starting out. I didn't know much about networking or how to do it. If talking to someone and they're not looking you in your eyes, they're not even looking at you, just, you know, thanks for your time and walk away. There's been so many times I'm like, this person's clearly not interested. It has to be like a two-way conversation. Like you have to be interested, but they also have to be. So that to me is kind of a red flag. Also, if maybe they're asking too personal or inappropriate questions, this, I guess, maybe me being a woman, sometimes men, you know, it's we're here to network, but maybe some see this as like a dating opportunity. And it's like, no, it's not yeah. one of those. So <laughs> keeping things professional as possible. And in most of those situations, I'm like, you know, it's great. I'm talking with you. Hope you enjoy the rest of the event. And I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom where someone's going to pick me up and I just leave in case you need to get out of those type of situations. Also, I find what could be a red flag or anyone that's like overly confident or having some sort of pompous behavior. It's kind of, you know, oh, I'm here and everyone wants to talk to me kind of vibe, uh, even if it's the main speaker, because again, it comes back to genuine connections. And the more you know yourself and your own values, personally, I don't want to be associated with someone like that. So I'm not going to 
go out of my way to continue having a conversation and making a connection with them. Also, I would say whether it's at the event or even after the fact, sometimes people are really busy and that's completely understandable, but sometimes they will give you the runaround because they just actually don't want to continue a conversation. This has happened to me before too. Uh, and then I just leave it alone because, you know, again, it's, it's a two-way street. And as much as, yes, I'm looking to offer my services or offer kind of what I can bring to them and help them with, eventually you should be getting some sort of return on that. So if, you know, they're not kind of giving you the runaround, that's also kind of a red flag that I'm like, you know, maybe this is someone I need to build a connection with. You raise a lot of good points. And one of them, actually, I want to discuss a little bit further because I feel as a man, I take this for granted that I don't have to deal with a lot of these kind of weird advances during the time that I'm networking. I want people to respect me for what I do, not just what I look like. But it is nice to get the compliments. However, I'm not selling my good looks, right? I'm selling my skills. I'm selling my products and services. So from your experience, what advice do you have or what should women look out for? What strategies seem to work for you? Is there any advice you have for the women who are starting out and maybe have that problem where they're getting a lot of unwanted attention for the wrong things? I won't go into too many details, but I think like just from my own personal experience, go with your gut feeling, especially I think those events where it's, you know, there's a booth set up, it's a lot of people, maybe hundreds, maybe thousands of people. Yeah. You know, if you can stay in the center, stay somewhere where there's a lot of people, avoid trying to go to smaller locations. Or if you are asked, oh, hey, like, Let's continue this chat down the street at a coffee shop or something like that. You know, if you're getting that vibe that this person may be wanting more, just deny the advances. Here's my LinkedIn. You know, we can set up a a time. Like, I don't have time to meet. Let's set up a time. It's difficult because every situation is is different, (laughs) but that would probably be my like main like advice and just be extra vigilant. You know, when you're looking around, when you're talking to people, oftentimes, especially if it is a booth, like maybe there's people already there and I kind of like get the feel to see, okay, how's this person? If you find that they're reaching out to like touch your arm or like just moving very closely to you and that could just be how they speak. But if you're not comfortable with it, like setting that boundary, stepping back as needed. I've definitely done like, oh, fake text or fake phone call and had to walk away. Like, I think it's, it's, it's unfortunate that we have to play into some of these situations, but like at the end of the day, it's for your safety. Uh, and I think it's the more open and public the event is the better. But if it is like a smaller knit group of people, just being extra mindful of that. And if you do find that like someone's following you or anything like that, letting maybe the organizers know, I think that helps as well because maybe you got away or you weren't advanced continuously, but like maybe another girl that was there didn't pick up on those cues. And now that guy's like harassing her. So that would be like my strategies to avoid those situations. I have some advice that I think works for me, especially for navigating who's the real deal and who's not. But first of all, the most important thing that I have is two different numbers. Okay, I have my number, which I give out to the world, because think (laughs) about it. Once you have your business number and you give it to a person who is harassing or to the wrong person, you can't just up and change your business number. This is where your money's going in and you can block people. But at the same time, people call from different numbers right nowadays with apps and stuff. So one thing I have two different numbers, I have one general number and I have one one more personal number, maybe long-term clients or important people can call me on that line. And then I have one that's on the internet. Anybody can call. Second thing for my business model, the way I do is I don't talk to people unless they're really my client. If you're not my client already, sorry, you have to leave a message. You have to email. I focus solely on retaining my business and you can't really just call here just for the point of just asking a couple questions. You're going to have to schedule time. And I 
get a lot of referrals, which is fine. If you refer, you call through. But then after once I have your information, then you have 24-7 access for me because I really go hard. So 24 hours, seven days a week, especially for me because I deal with startups. There's no specific time that entrepreneurs get to work. They get to work any time of day. And when they're up and ready to work, they have to go. The idea behind that is just filtering the good from the bad. Another thing, the people who are serious about business are not afraid to spend money and invest into their business because their business is what makes them their money. When I first started out, I would get a lot of promises from different people, but there was no money. There was nothing happening. And I always would get stressed out and I would try to lower my price thinking it was me. But there's a lot of people who like the impression of being business people, but the way they make their money may not be legit. They're not registered. They haven't done anything to commit to the actual business. And they also don't make their core money from their business. So it makes sense when you want to do something for the business, they never want to spend any money because maybe they make money in something else like real estate or they make money on the side doing a side hustle that has nothing to do with their business they're just using the business for image sake has that ever happened to you before that's a good question no actually yeah i can't really recall anything like that in particular maybe like sometimes being reached out on linkedin to like join like an mlm or something like that and they don't want to talk about it explicitly and then you kind of get the vibe okay then i just you know end the call or i just say no i'm not interested but yeah i actually haven't experienced that for me, I've been doing it a long time. And also the fact that I specifically cater to entrepreneurs and startups. So I kind of look to see, are you legit? Is your business registered? Do you have your trademarks? Like, what are you doing with yourself? And sometimes you don't have to be that far. But the point is, you must have an intention to make something of your business. When you register stuff, when you make it legit, that creates a product that you can now sell or you can sell your business to someone. You can prove it has value. But if you just make it up as you go, then there's nothing there. So let's talk about maintaining these relationships. So we've put in all this effort now, gone outside, especially networking in the winter because we're in Canada, right? So if you're going to go so far to go out in the winter, get dressed up and go networking in the cold, sometimes you got to stand outside before you even get in sometimes. So if you're going through all that hassle, what are we doing this for if we're not maintaining relationships? Give us some advice. Like, how do you maintain these relationships and actually choose who to maintain relationships with? What's your strategy for that? Yeah, no, I, so I have a few, um, I would say it changes depending on where I'm at. So when I'm job searching or when I'm really seeking out opportunities, I'll even have like an Excel spreadsheet, very basic, their name, where I met them, the date, and just, you know, when I've consistently followed up with them, it feels kind of like, I don't know if robotics the term, but it feels like, oh, you know, that's kind of weird. But I think that helps a lot because if you're meeting, if you're going to multiple networking events, like when I was job searching, I was going to at least two events a week. It's very difficult to keep track of every single person you meet, especially if you're having multiple conversations, especially if it's the same conversation, because a lot of time you have your elevator pitch, which um, I even forgot to touch on. That's something you definitely want to have. And that's been really helpful in terms of just like even knowing, okay, so this is someone I haven't followed up in a, in a while with, or, you know, maybe I come across an interesting event or article, I might share it with them. Uh, also keeping, you know, maybe there's certain people that you've met in a certain capacity. So maybe it was an event related to event marketing. Maybe it was a more educational type of event through school. Like that also helps to kind of streamline and keep organized with who you're connecting with. 
And again, like it's more so based on where I'm at. And I think this kind of also goes back to like making those genuine connections. It's actually a lot easier to stay um, followed up and keep following up. Even through Big Sisters Club, I've been able to network and meet new people that come to the event consistently because we just bonded over something that we had genuine interest in. Maybe we met at another event uh, and now they're coming uh, more consistently. I will admit that it's something that I'm still working on because some networks, you know, especially if you don't hear from them after maybe two times of following up, you kind of get a little bit discouraged, but depending on who you're talking to, especially if it's a busier professional, maybe they're an entrepreneur themselves, just understand that they're extremely busy and not to take things personal if you don't hear back. I've definitely reached out to someone and then haven't heard back for maybe two weeks later but it was a meaningful response by the time they got back to it, sometimes even a month later, two months later. So just be understanding of that, that people are busy. People have a lot of things going on. You have to take it personal. And if you really, really want to stay connected, follow up, maybe offer to meet them at a coffee shop closer to their job. I mean, we're virtual now, so it's easier. But even that, you know, most people are now trying to disconnect from being online all the time after work. So, you know, maybe a phone call instead, instead of a video call or just a quick 15 minute chat, just, you know, work with them. So that connection and that continuing of maintaining that relationship is a lot easier for them, too. You mentioned that you use Excel to keep track of stuff. And I've seen a lot of people have a lot of luck with Google Calendar. Their Google Calendar is crazy. If you see some of them, they will (laughs) literally detail their events and what they're going to do down to like every half an hour. Sometimes even more than that. They're so specific. You have to look at someone's calendar, a real entrepreneur's calendar to see how crazy it gets. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Also, I was thinking, what about customer relationship management software, CRM? which is becoming more popular. It's not Excel, but it is definitely something that has its value. Have you used a CRM? What do you think of using software to aid? Yeah, no, I think that's also a really great way, especially as a business owner and entrepreneur. So like managing leads, of course, that's something I feel like all business people should be using, uh, especially for like service-based type businesses. I don't use it specifically for networking, but through my job, I do use CRM systems. And that's literally how I keep in contact with candidates and just remember kind of what we talked about and following up with them, especially if it's high volume. So if you're talking to a lot of people, that's one of the easiest ways to keep up to date. And for Big Sisters Club, I do use MailChimp just to send out my monthly emails. As I begin to grow out the membership community, that will be something I will be implementing more. The more I'm learning even about like uh, organization and keeping on top of things, our minds or our memory is not good. Like yeah. we, we can't remember things. And, That's me. And for any, <laughs> I you can't know, remember anything. Yeah, no, really though, we can. And, and you touched on, you know, using the Google Calendar. I also use the Google Calendar. It's to the point where if I'm meeting with someone and we say, we're going to have another meeting, I'm like, let's put this meeting in my calendar right now. How many times have you told someone, oh yeah, yeah, I thought of something and I'm going to send it to you. And then you never send it because you just forgot about it. And we can always change it later as the yeah. time gets closer. But we we forget all the time. So having that CRM system to, to refer back to, a lot of them, you can actually set tasks for yourself or set prompts to remind you to follow up with people. Even Gmail, like if you use it from the browser, from the app, even has a, a function to say, hey, you haven't reached out to this person and it's been like eight days, want to follow up. Even prompts like that are really helpful because we forget. And I think as a business owner, as entrepreneur, you want to also show that credibility. So if you're promising things to follow up, if you make promises, you want to live up to that. And that helps with that too. 
I like to use Alexa because when you're doing time management, sometimes the time gets away from you. You'd be so focused on a task and then before you know it, you pass it. So, you know, if I talk to my Alexa and say, okay, timer for 15 minutes, it makes sure that my work ethic is much better. So I'm a great fan of that too. And and it helps for a lot of stuff like traffic and weather before before you're leaving out. There's a lot of things they can do for you. If you have phone calls, you can tell Alexa to call a client. It's really a good option when you want to multitask. Everyone should be like, these tools are at like our fingertips, like use them. Like I, I'm amazed sometimes how much people don't use them. I started using Siri more commonly now, but I use reminders and alarms for like everything, even before this call, because I knew I was around doing stuff, washing up dishes. I just set a timer. So I'd be back here, you know, like I get lost in the things that I'm doing. So having that there is really helpful. I a hundred percent agree. You come from a marketing background. You have a lot of knowledge in marketing. So I thought it'd be a great time to talk about you can network, but if you're not selling yourself, if you're not trying to show like stand out from other candidates, even if you're an entrepreneur and you run your own business, you still need to stand out. So what advice do you have for people who are looking to not be just another face in the room? How do you sell yourself? So number one, before anything, be your authentic self. Like I believe authenticity gets you a lot further than people make it seem. And you don't have to be overly vulnerable and tell your life story, but just be true to who you are because I can count the many times where I was trying really hard to stand out, but it wasn't who I really was. And the people that are genuine can see that. So I would say that would be definitely one of the first ways to stand out. Be yourself. You emulate this energy of like, this is who I am. I'm showing up fully as me. And you will attract other people that are also genuine. And you can avoid some of like the more shady (laughs) people. So I think that's a really great way. And don't hesitate to ask questions. You know, even if they might be controversial or, you know, offering your opinion on something that's just different from the group. I can't count the amount of times I was in a Zoom call or in a networking session. And, you know, I'm just asking questions that no one else is asking. And I'm more likely to be remembered because I'm asking the questions that no one cares. So, and this kind of goes back into your research as well, uh, or paying attention even to the sessions or anything that you're joining. That's a really great way to stand out by asking some of those questions, just to add a perspective, even if you don't fully agree, but just having that different thought point helps to like kind of expand the conversation, especially if it's like a group setting. When I'm talking with someone, maybe that's a little bit more senior than I am, or maybe they have access or they know people that I really want to know and get in contact with. I find that that helps when I'm asking more of those deeper questions because people are more, a lot of people are more surface level than deep, if that makes sense. So definitely, I think that helps. And I've been told, oh, Tash, like you come off a lot more mature for your age, but it's like, I'm reading just a little bit deeper, even if they give an answer and kind of like how you're asking me to dive a little bit deeper in certain things, like ask those questions, show interest. That kind of leads into my next way to stand out. Show that you're really interested. Don't just talk to people just to to talk to people. Like, you know, show that you're interested. Actually listen to them. Actively listen to them. You can't make a connection. You can't really build your network if, you know, you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just talking, whatever, you know, they're saying something, you're cutting them off. Like, you know, be there, be present and being so young as well. Like as much as I know that I'm very young, I do also believe that there is knowledge that I have to share. And by talking and asking those questions and, you know, really having that dialogue helps me to learn more and grow more. So that's something I would say helps that stands out. And then consistently following up, especially if it's an event, you're talking to a speaker where a lot of people probably tried to reach out to them and then just kind of like fell off. 
if you're that one person that even like a year down the line, you're still talking to this person about the event that they did. It was so great. You're more likely to stand out as well. So and I find that's been helpful for me. I can actually tell you something that's actually happened to me when I ask great questions. I've gone to networking events and asked questions and people after that would approach me and say, oh my gosh, that was such a great question you asked. It's like I was asking questions that other people wanted to ask, but I got to it and they were so relieved that I brought that up because some people will sit there and they'll be afraid to ask those questions because they don't want to come off as not knowing or not understanding the subject matter. So they're afraid to ask that question. They don't want to feel stupid. But for me, I feel like when you ask, a question actually does the opposite it shows how much knowledge you have because in order to ask a question you kind of have to be thinking about the subject in order to ask a good question so as long as you ask a good question you're okay but if you ask silly questions of course you're gonna be in problems so you know you always research everything before you even go there you should be researching because you already know the topic that's going to be there but definitely asking questions is a powerful tool even for networking because people will respect you for that I want to go through another thing that I think I should point out to a lot of people. Know where you're at. That's very important. A lot of people, when they try to go out there and network, it's like they want to give the impression that they've already made it. And I feel like that is a big mistake. There's nothing wrong with going out and telling people, hey, I'm just starting out. I need help meeting more people. People are very willing and open minded to help new entrepreneurs because as a newbie, you're not a threat to any of them. So they're willing to say, hey, you know, yeah. come under my wing. And I'll help you. But once you start doing well, you become competition. People don't want to do anything for free or even help you or toss you a bone. So keep that in mind. If you're coming out for the first time to be an entrepreneur or a business owner, don't come across as oh you've made it already because you're missing a sweet opportunity to communicate with people get tidbits and secrets that another person may not give to you if they think you're their competition i was saving the best for last but i wanted to talk about big sisters club this is something that you started and i'm gonna let you introduce it and let the people know what is big sisters club and what you have to offer them Yes. So Big Sisters Club. Uh, so I started Big Sisters Club uh, a little bit over a year ago, but it's been on my mind all of 2019. I initially started out as a blog just because I want to get my thoughts out. I'm a big sister myself. I'm the eldest of four children in total. And there's a lot of things that I had to learn on my own and struggle through on my own and not having an older woman or, or mentor, female mentor that could help me through a lot of these challenges. I wanted to kind of be that space in a digital way by blogging. I found that, you know, blogging is great. I love to write. I think it's great. But I wanted to also have events and workshops. As of right now, it is sort of like a networking group, but it will be an actual paid membership community where I'll be offering monthly events, workshops. Uh, we'll still have our blog posts, other initiatives. We'll be partnering with other local brands and communities as well and launching a podcast where young women and specifically big sisters can come and learn more about themselves and network with other women. Many of the current members actually are entrepreneurs themselves, uh, whether they work full-time and they have a side hustle or work as a full-time entrepreneur. Maybe they have one, two businesses already, but really providing that network of young women that want to support and help each other. Most of the women are part of the community are women of color, anywhere between 19, 20 to about 25, 26 years of age. And although we're mainly based in Toronto, as that's where I'm based, because it's virtually done, all of our events and workshops happen mostly over the pandemic. We've actually been able to have people connect from across Canada and as well, even the U.S. That's essentially what Big Sisters Club is all about. And what makes us so special is it's really the, the genuine connections. I mean, when you come to our events, 
you're meeting real people and we're having real discussions. People don't hold back. And I think for a lot of these networking groups or membership communities or anything of that sort, it's still putting up a front because you want to match everyone that's there. You want to be a part of this crew. You want to fit in. But that's not what we're about. We're more about having the diversity, having people come with their own experiences, their own uniqueness. A lot of our panel discussions only get so good because people are coming and talking about their own experience, whether we can all relate or not, whether some of us disagree or not. The main purpose is to have these real deep conversations. And I think that's a big challenge as a big sister. And then as well as a young woman, we're not really having enough spaces created for us to have these type of discussions and to support our learning development, whether it be career, personal, entrepreneurship, where we can truly be ourselves and have these type of conversations. I would say that what makes it that much better. And we know how to have a good time. (laughs) We do have social events as well. Um, With things opening up now, we are looking to have more in-person events as well and just have kind of what we've been doing online in a face-to-face format. Sounds very interesting. And of course, it is very, very, did I say very, very, very challenging (laughs) during COVID to network. It has been it's been hard, but actually, I have to say one thing that I do like since COVID, people are more open to doing online meetings or online networking. It has its advantages and disadvantages, but I feel like online was almost seen as less professional before, but now online seems okay. Yeah, we can do that. And I feel like for the entrepreneurs or business people who normally you have to pay so much to go parking and drive here and you would eat up so much of your day just trying to get to a networking event, sometimes it's great to be able to flip on a network and then flip off and you can schedule more meetings that way right so it's always great and you can do things like share links and do a lot of things that you couldn't necessarily do if you were in person so that's really great exactly Um, exactly for the people who want to contact you and network with you maybe there's some way they can either partner contribute or even join big sisters club where did they go how did they find you Yes, we're mostly on Instagram. So at Big Sisters Club underscore. Um, Also, you can reach out to me directly. Like I said, I'm in the DM. So if you want to message me directly there, um, also on our website at www.bigsistersclub.com. Check out our blog posts, check out upcoming events. We do post as well on Facebook and Twitter about upcoming events just to keep the platforms going and and have more people coming in and, and seeing what we're all about. But I would say that would be the main point of contact is through our Instagram or through the website. A lot of what we do are workshops. I am looking to partner with um, more specialized various type of people that can come on and talk about career development, financial literacy, a lot of the topics that I do a lot of research. I'm constantly asking the girls of the community what you need and how, what tools or resources could help you get to that. And that's a lot of the common themes that people talk about, you know, networking is another one. So I am actually looking to, to host a, a networking workshop and have that space and have one-on-one. We do have our virtual events and I try to do the breakout rooms. There's never enough time. The event usually runs longer. So I'm going to have an allocated time to learn about networking and then also building that together. And also just you're coming into a community that's a work in process. Like we're all learning, we're all growing. It's mostly young women, but we don't discriminate. I've definitely had older women come on and share their expertise as well for guys, but it is geared to women, but not discriminated against men. I think it's also important for men to learn about the struggles we go to and how they can support us um, yes. so we can have these conversations a lot easier. 
Yeah, definitely. We definitely need to support each other in our community and make sure that we're all doing well. It's very competitive out there, but there's no reason why we have to be so competitive against each other. We should be working together so that we can build something for our communities and make our community stronger. So Tash, like today was excellent. I really appreciate you coming through and sharing all that information and great tips about networking. Any last words before we go? Yeah, I would say, you know, if you are just starting out networking, especially if you're an entrepreneur and you're just starting out, I think the best way is to know yourself as best as possible because it's much easier to navigate networking, getting to know other people if you know yourself, knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses. When you're looking for these business partners or possible opportunities to collaborate, um, you know what offsets you, what complements you. Uh, so it's, it makes that much easier and just put yourself out there like don't be scared I used to be so scared to talk to people and now because it's virtual like they just leave me on red okay it is what it is you know I move to the next person or I, I just keep trying but um yeah just put yourself out there and, and uh, keep trying that would be my last words <laughs> excellent excellent so thank you once again for coming and joining us today really appreciate you taking the time